Hello, friends, and welcome to the PrepWell podcast. I'm your host, Phil Black. And if you have an 8th, ninth, or 10th grader with big aspirations, like the Ivy League or military service academies like West Point, ROTC, or athletic scholarships, boom, you've come to the right place. My specialty, my superpower, if you will, is preparing families for these competitive programs. I'll teach you what your child should do, when they should do it, and how you can help. So stick around and prepare to out-prepare. Hello, friends, and welcome to the PrepWell Podcast. If you're anything like me, at this point, you are desperate for any kind of news not tied to the coronavirus. Well, today I have such news, and I hope it will give you something to look forward to this week. And the news happens to hit very close to home. If you haven't heard or seen yet on social media or TV, I will be making my second appearance on Shark Tank this Friday, April 3rd, ABC, 8 p.m., to pitch Prepwell Academy to the Sharks and 10 million of my closest friends in the viewing audience. And by the way, I'm sorry for those who might be listening to this episode after the April 3rd airing, but I'm sure you'll be able to look it up after the fact if you like, and please do. Needless to say, this has been a wild ride. Many of you may know that I was on Shark Tank before, about five years ago, with a different company that I founded called FitDeck. FitDeck was a deck of playing cards that I created with exercises on them that people would shuffle to create their own custom workouts. And I sold a lot of them from my garage, like 500,000 of them, and did over 5 million in sales. Now, the experience on Shark Tank was incredible, despite the fact that I did not get a deal on the show. The Sharks basically seemed to like the idea, but didn't like the idea of moving the content from the physical cards, where we actually made money, onto a mobile app that they believed would not necessarily make money. And so they considered the idea good, but not a good investment for them. Fair enough. And so I was back on my own. But after the airing of the show, boy, did things take off for FitDeck, both for the physical cards and the mobile app. And in the end, I wound up selling the entire business to a large consumer products company that was building out their fitness division, and I think everyone was a winner. The whole experience was crazy. From the moment I submitted an application, shot an audition video, filled out reams of paperwork, waited, 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 signed my life away, and eventually walked through those doors to the carpet to stand in front of the sharks and hear the words, three, two, one, action. But the real craziness kicks in and getting on the show for a second time. This is almost unprecedented. I think there have been maybe one or two other entrepreneurs who've ever returned to the show over the course of 11 seasons, but I don't think they were back representing a second company that they started on their own. Regardless of the details, it's very unusual for an entrepreneur to get a second bite at the apple. I can't imagine what the odds are. It's just so competitive to get on the show. There are tens of thousands of insanely smart and innovative and energetic people from all over the world who are dying to get on the show. Let me say that again. There are tens of thousands 
of insanely smart, innovative, and energetic people from all over the world who are dying to get on the show. Doesn't this eerily sound like what high school students are facing in the college admissions process these days? I think so. And the process is very similar. There's preparation. There's thinking of an angle. There's doing your research, submitting an application, interviews, waiting, the whole nine yards. So five years later, going back to the tank was incredible, especially that this time I was not alone. Now, I can't reveal who joins me in the tank until the show airs. And obviously, I can't say what ultimately happened on the show. Did I get a deal or not? What happened? Did I crash and burn? Did I get a deal or something in between? But needless to say, it was a unique experience that I will not soon forget. In fact, I may do a show entirely dedicated to my Shark Tank experiences because there are so many lessons learned. But for today, I want to focus on one. That is not giving up. Because the truth is, after selling my FitDeck business and starting Preple Academy, I reapplied to Shark Tank and heard nothing back four times over four years before hearing anything back from them last year. Four times. I spent hours filling out the application, making pitch videos, and hoping, wondering, what was I doing wrong? Why was I not getting traction? But I never stopped believing in myself and never gave up for years. And I distinctly remember last year, I happened to see an Instagram post saying that Shark Tank had open casting calls in Southern California in two days. And I looked at the post and I shook my head. No way, no way am I doing this again for the fifth time. I'm not going to drive three hours to get to the hotel at five in the morning to stand in line with hundreds of others just to not get selected again. And I don't even have a pitch prepared. I don't have any materials ready to go. This is a non-starter. But just in case, I saved the Instagram post. And an hour later, I opened that post up again. I had to give it another shot. I couldn't give up. So I set out to prepare a 60-second pitch, an elevator pitch, if you will. That's the amount of time that they give you. I got some materials together, and I started rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing. And I left my house at 3 a.m. to get to the hotel where the casting call was being held. Plenty of time. And mind you, they specifically said, do not get to the hotel before 8 a.m. And that we were not permitted to form a line before 8 a.m. Well, I got there at 5.30 a.m., and there were already about 80 people in line. So I became the 81st. By 8 a.m., there were hundreds and hundreds of people lined up and snaking through the entire parking lot. So I stood in line, freezing, by the way, and hungry, from 5.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m., when I finally got my shot. And yes, you literally get 60 seconds to give your pitch. And pitch I did. And of course, you have no idea how you did. They just nod their heads. They say, thank you, move along, don't call us, we'll call you. And back to San Diego, I drove. A few weeks later, I got a phone call. The call I wasn't expecting, 
but was secretly hoping for. It was a Shark Tank producer who wanted me to shoot an audition video. I had 10 days. Well, it was preparation time again, so I spent morning and night preparing my pitch, getting the camera ready, rehearsing, rehearsing some more, rehearsing again. I finally taped the video and sent it in and waited again. I'm going to leave the story here because I think I'll do it more justice in an upcoming episode where I break down the process in more detail. So suffice it to say, they liked my audition tape and we kept moving further and further down in the process. And now here we are many, many, many months later with an air date for the episode this Friday. And I continue to pinch myself thinking, how did this all happen? Well, of course, there are many reasons why this happened. I think the primary reason is that I took action, massive action, and didn't give up and believed in myself for years. So for your teenager who finds him or herself in this weird part of life where we're all stuck at home, I want them to ask themselves, are they taking action? Are they taking massive action? Or are they sitting on their hands? Now, some teens may say to themselves, what am I to do? I can't go anywhere. I can't meet my friends. My classes are all virtual. I just sit in my room all day. There's nothing more I can do. Well, to those students, I have a few suggestions. And I'll offer those suggestions by sharing some advice that I gave to one of my one-on-one prep wellers, whom I work with privately. And though she may not have the same profile as you, I think you'll get the gist as to how to make her story relevant for you. Let's call this student Sarah. And by the way, before I go on, I want to make sure I set the stage here in case you're listening to this much later down the road. We are in the first few weeks of a major coronavirus outbreak that has completely shut down the world economy. We're essentially in the beginning of the biggest economic shutdown in the history of mankind. Nearly every major city and country has effectively shut down all but the most essential services. Schools have been shut down for the rest of the year, and everyone is quarantined in their homes. So this is not a typical story. And that's part of why Sarah's story is important. Let's start with some backstory. Sarah is a junior in high school and has been a stage performer her whole life, singing, select choir, solos, Radio City, you name it, and she's done it. She has an impressive body of work to her credit in the performing arts already. Now, last year, she worked as the assistant musical director on her school's annual musical. And during her time working in the background with the singers and the crew and the soundboard and the lights and ticket sales and marketing, she really came to love the production side of things, the technical side of things. She might even say the business side of things. This was a new experience, and she loved it. And as we've been working together, she's been trying to decide whether she wants to go to college to pursue the performance side of things or the musical production or business side of things or a hybrid of the two. And this has become a lively discussion or a debate between the two of us for several months. We set up pros and cons, and we're trying to figure out what might be best. And after a lot of soul-searching, Sarah has decided that she wants to pursue more of the 
music production business side of things as opposed to being strictly a performer. She's thought about wanting to be a music producer or a talent agent or even produce a full-scale musical someday. And to help her beef up her credentials in this regard, she had made arrangements this spring and summer for an internship and a few other activities that might give her valuable experience on the business and legal side. Well, now that the coronavirus has confined us more or less to our homes and we can no longer go about our regular lives, Sarah is wondering what she should do. Well, she can sit at home and get bummed out that all of her plans were upended and just leave it at that. Oh, well, I guess this corona thing is really putting a damper on things. Or she can take matters into her own hands and start carving her own path. And together we came up with a home study plan that's self-paced, that essentially looks like a semester's worth of work toward her intended major if she were in college. And she's able to do this because of the vast troves of online education that can be accessed right from our homes. Here's what Sarah now has on her to-do list for the next four to six months. She's taking a Coursera online course. By the way, if you didn't know, Coursera is an online education platform that has hundreds and hundreds of educational courses. So she's taking a Coursera online course called The Business of Music Production, Become a Business Savvy Music Producer. The course description is, gain the knowledge and skills you need to launch your career as a music producer. It's a four-month course offered by the Berklee School of Music, which, by the way, happens to be one of the colleges on her target list. Boom. Another Coursera online course she's taking is called Managing Talent, offered by the University of Michigan, that teaches one how to find, sign, and manage talent in the entertainment business. Boom. Then she's taking an online course to get certified in Excel, the spreadsheet program that most of us know about. This is one of the most important and useful programs to know for business and in general. Then she's taking another online course all about data science. Of course, data science is a very hot subject right now and has application across all industries and could definitely play a role in the music industry in any number of ways. And finally, an online course in contracts and employment law by the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. What will all of these courses do for Sarah? Well, they will certainly show initiative. They will certainly demonstrate interest in a particular field. They will definitely give her application some pop. They will give her experience and an education on the business and legal end of music production, the thing that she's a little bit lacking on right now. And ultimately, it paints Sarah as someone who takes massive action, someone who knows what she wants, someone who is thoughtful about her future and will make the most of the resources at hand no matter what the circumstances are. Think about it. If you're a college admissions counselor and you're reading someone's application, Sarah's application, and you get to the additional information section of the Common App, which is basically an open section that you can write whatever you want, and you read a short paragraph that said something along the lines of, quote, given the shutdown of the economy, thanks to coronavirus, 
I decided to take my education into my own hands for the last few months. I put together a plan to enhance my knowledge and skills and experience in the music business by creating my own self-directed semester at home. My curriculum included getting certified in Excel spreadsheets and database management. I took online courses in the business of music production, talent management, and contracts and employment law. I read 23 books about the business of music. I conducted virtual information Zoom sessions with music directors and talent agents and a consultant to Broadway productions, etc., etc., etc. Wouldn't you be impressed? And this is compared to someone who did nothing special? They just wrote out this corona issue, didn't take any initiative, rested on their laurels and hoped that no one would notice or care? Who would impress you more? So my suggestion for all of those students sitting at home, wondering what they can do, if anything, to salvage the next few months, look to Sarah for inspiration. Come up with your own plan that helps you become an engineer or a doctor or a teacher or an elite athlete or a military leader. Don't sit on your hands. And if you need even more inspiration, don't forget to tune into ABC this Friday at 8 p.m., where you will see me get after it with the Sharks on Shark Tank. That's all I've got for you today, folks. Thank you for tuning in. If you know a parent with an 8th grader, ninth grader, 10th grader, even an 11th grader in high school that might find this helpful, please share this episode with them. You can do that by finding the small box with a tiny arrow pointing up. That's the share button. Click that button and text your friends, your family, the link to this episode with a little personal note from you recommending that they take a listen. If you have questions, comments, or you have an idea for an upcoming episode, or you want to hear more about Shark Tank, please reach out to me by email, DM me on Instagram, Preple underscore Academy. Check out my blog, my Facebook page. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. Until next week, goodbye, good luck, and never stop preparing. This podcast is brought to you by PrepWell Academy. PrepWell Academy is my one-of-a-kind online mentoring program that delivers to your ninth or 10th grader a short, highly relevant video from me every week, every Sunday, in fact, where I give them a heads up about what they should be thinking about to stay ahead of the game. To get these valuable lessons into your child's hands, please head over to PrepWellAcademy.com and enroll your child today.